You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses, discussing the topics that matter to you, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by AudioShed Podcast Studio. Welcome to episode 49 of Brumpod. I am here today with just Ewan. Hello. Not just Ewan in the derogatory sense, but <laughs> just minus Jason, I should say. Richard's feeling lonely, that's what it comes to. <laughs> Um, today, we are going to be talking about productivity apps we can't live without. Uh, we have covered similar in the past with running a business on freeware, whether that's possible, but we're going to cover a few different uh, tools today as well as rehashing a couple of other ones which we did mention before. So, we thought because in this day and age, there are apps and pieces of software for pretty much everything you would ever need to do, uh, some of which are free, some of which are paid. Uh, and some are great alternatives to the big boys, which often cost a hell of a lot of money. So we thought we'd do a bit of a rundown of our favourite tools for 2021 and ongoing. Uh, so Ewan, do you want to kick us off with your first favourite? I'm, I'm guessing these are in no particular order because mine aren't. No, it's, uh, uh, there's a logic to this, which is this is one from the big boys. And it's easier to forget just what we've got in things like Microsoft Office. And if you've got... Office 360, then you've got even more in there. But okay. one of the things that has saved me vast amounts of time over the years is mail merge. Okay. So if you want to send, you know, 100, 200 letters because you changed your address or you've got a special offer or whatever it is, then mail merge just takes so much work out of the process. As long as you've got your database set up and you know how to set your Word document up, you just press a button and send it to the printer. I was going to say, you, I mean, being an initiate, I've never sent, I've never done a mail merge in in Word or anything like that. So for anyone else that is, is is as uninitiated as me, so this is for when you're sort of sending things for postal sending off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And people still do it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the forgotten art these days. Everything's electronic this email this and that and news newsletter and mail shop i think often people do forget that things like the post do exist and sometimes people are quite excited to open something in the post yeah and what it does if you send somebody you know a hard copy of something you stand out a bit yeah and my theory is that you know they either bin it or they put it in that pile of things on their desk that they might get back to and you have a, a second chance that they're going to read it again. So bunging it in the bin is the old school unsubscribe, I suppose. Well, indeed. <laughs> Although it doesn't stop you from receiving any more, I suppose. That's that's true. But you, but you can't scribble on the back of a, an email, can you? No, it just damages the screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, my first tool of note, no pun intended, is actually Evernote. And it's a tool that a lot of people will be familiar with because it's been around for a long time now. Um, but for me personally, I think it's one of the best note-taking apps out there. Well, for all intents and purposes, it, it's free. There are It's fully featured being free. You get added sort of space and everything else for something like 30 quid a year. Um, but it's something that's simple to use. It's got a clear interface. You can create multiple workbooks to separate uh, 
projects, themes, clients and things, keep everything organized and easy to refer back to it when you need it. Uh, and, and really, I use it as a bit of a pseudo CRM system because it pretty much does everything I need it to do. Because I've looked right. at so many fancy CRMs in the past, which they're either unnecessarily clunky to me for me to get my head around them and has a lot of features I just don't need uh, because a lot of them have, you know, timeline-based uh, setups within CRMs with, you know, stages of projects and getting things booking into delivering. But with what I do with voiceover, you know, nothing is ever that lengthy. You know, I get an email, I send a quote, they either say yay or nay, they send me the script, I record it, they get invoiced. So to add all that into a CRM system would end up just taking me far more time, which I just don't want to do for no real reason. So I yeah. end up just adding in, as soon as an inquiry comes in, it goes straight into Evernote with all the details. I can refer back to it easily. And then I can just copy and paste that into a, you know, done jobs list or a different folder or just let it roll down like an ever scrolling page. Obviously, the, the client then gets added into the sort of billing software and everything else. So I've already got all their details captured. But yeah, for me, CRM systems, they I've, I've never found one that is easy to use that does things how I'm familiar with with Evernote. So I've, I've never bothered. No. Going for I, I I think it's also speaking as as the uh, the group Luddite. It's also the place where you know the the technology is not necessarily as good as a a slightly more old fashioned way of doing it. Yeah. Because um, to some extent you're you're doing a, a paper based system, but just not on paper. Yes. Yeah. And for but me, I, that's I, adequate. Well, ad adequate is all we need, really. Absolutely. Um, because a lot of CRM systems are, j are just overkill for a lot of, of small businesses. But I was just looking at Microsoft OneNote, which is Microsoft equivalent. Yep. And thinking that I ought to, to actually explore it and start using it because I have a lot of ideas. And they do go down literally on paper, which means it's difficult to find them again. Yes. So uh, I, sh I shall I shall explore that. Having been prompted by this podcast, yeah. Well, this is what it's all about: prompting mm. little thoughts. <laughs> what's what's next on your list? Actually, one that I haven't used all that much in in recent months, uh, which is Trello. Okay. Which is free and you know quite a good way of setting out project plans and so on. Um. I think it's it's partly circumstances that I haven't really had anything terribly much to uh, to plan recently, uh, and secondly that I've slightly reverted to the old-fashioned way of just putting it in Excel, and you set out your 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 project, what you need to do by when, and since nothing is is again actually all that complicated, so I don't need. Uh, wonderful project management software that uh, that seems to work, but no doubt I shall be back with Trello at some point in the future. Yeah, I might even look at it myself. Actually, a lot of people do uh, rave about Trello, so mm. it's probably about time I do have a look at it. Um, next on my list is one that we have certainly talked about before, which is Canva. I think by now everyone in the world will have heard about Canva because they've <laughs> grown exponentially over the years. Um, I think I signed up 
relatively early in their in their setting up. Not very. I'm not like an early, massively early adopter, but I started using it when barely anyone had heard of it. Um, so I'm not going to cover everything that it does because by now everyone is going to be familiar. But in short, it's uh, graphic design software, browser-based, or there is a, a program for the uh, for the Mac now. Probably is for Windows as well, which replicates the browser, but just takes up less browser memory. Um, but yeah, it, it's graphic design for people that aren't graphic designers. It's got endless templates. It has pre-sized templates, blank templates, and pre-filled designs for you to edit for all the different social platforms um, in the correct dimensions. So it's very easy to do that. You can create one design and then adapt that design for multiple platforms with you know a couple of clicks with their magic resize. Um, and of course now, as within the last uh, 12 months or so, they now also support creating video, uh, which I have used many times now. I've used various tools in the past to create little social videos um, through other paid-for platforms. But this, for me, is brilliant because you've got the, the free the free version of Canva can do video as well. But when you're a Canva Pro subscriber, which I am, which is roughly 100 quid a year, uh, it's worth its weight in gold, I think, because you get access to the entire library. Everything that is within Canva you can use without any add-on costs, which means you've got full access to the photo library, the all the different fonts they've got in there, which is a huge amount now compared to what it started with. Uh, you can upload your own fonts, which you've either bought or downloaded and got for free for copy for commercial use. Uh, but also music. They've partnered with various music libraries, uh, copyright-free music libraries, which are really good quality music sources as well. So many copyright-free music sources can sound really quite ropey, and they sound like they've been created with a Casio keyboard from 1984. But they, they use music from the likes of, sort of Epidemic Sound, which if you had an account with them directly, you'd be paying them a lot of money alone. And if you're a Canva Pro user, you can use that music within your designs all as part of the same uh, Canva Pro subscription, which I think is fantastic. The one thing to note is I made a bit of an error when I made a video a little while ago, uh, added it to YouTube, uh, it wasn't flagged as a problem, but it, I did have a, a flag on my video that said that it's a copyrighted thing from Epidemic Sound. So I did get in touch with Canva and they said, oh, basically it's because I hadn't connected my YouTube account to Canva. So although I wasn't being told I need to pay anything or I wasn't going to be sued or anything, um, as long as you connect your Canva account to YouTube so you can t send your video to YouTube from Canva, it then recognizes that you're fully licensed to use it, which is worth knowing. So I've done that now. It's very easy to do, but I just hadn't done it. So well, it uh, sounds like one of those um, those wrinkles that um, suddenly come up and, and bite us from time to time, but useful to know. Yeah, I, I hadn't considered it at all. Uh, I just uploaded it to YouTube manually. So they, it wasn't, it was a bit of a knock on the door, hello, rather than a, what the hell do you think? What the hell do you think you're doing? It was it was very gentle, but yeah. Once they on the Canvas support thing, they just said, "Oh, he, he here's what you need to do. Here's a link, step by step. Gave me instructions what to do, and then yeah, you just connect your 
YouTube account to your Canva account, and then it was absolutely fine. But certainly worth bearing in mind. Yeah. Well, I've used Canva, I think, on, on your recommendation and, and recommended it to others. But one of the things that's good about what you've just said is obviously the support is there and and helpful and, and actually explains what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a very good um, sort of self-support uh, forum, not forum, you know, a Q&A kind of uh, section where it lists pretty much all the main things that people will come a cropper with. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't find anything that solved mine, so I just got in touch with them and they do uh, come back on a, on a support ticket basis and they do come back very quickly on a named uh, account so you can actually speak to the same person, you know, through a, an entire thread. Because I had to go back with a few questions with something else and they were just responding quite happily and they do come back to you very quickly, which I was very impressed with. Yeah, that's good to hear. What's next on yours? What's next on mine is Hootsuite. Okay. Uh, because particularly as I have two uh, separate business Twitter accounts, I find it very useful just to be able to look at both Twitter streams at the same time, or yeah. at least just sort of kind of click between between screens to, to, to see the two of them. Um, and yeah, it, it generally works very well. They used to allow you on the on the free version uh, thirty scheduled tweets. I should recently cut down to five. Now five is is not very many. That's a hell of a jump down. Accounts. Yeah, of course you get more if you pay. Yeah. Um, so what I've what I've also done is is sign up for Buffer, which uh, again is is good for scheduling tweets. It's um, it also has the advantage that that you can you know upload um, pretty well fifty tweets at the at the um, click of a button and and it'll schedule them without you having to pick out specific specific times to no, do good. it. Yeah. So um, I'm going to play a bit more with that one. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of Twitter, uh, one of my favourite apps is Tweetbot. Because uh, I've used so many Twitter apps over the over the years for the iPhone, and for me, the best iPhone app for Twitter is Tweetbot. Um, and they also do a Mac app as well. They don't do it for Windows, sadly, but um, it, it's just such a clean interface and easy to use. And uh, I've got all my Twitter accounts in there. I can flick between them easily. Um, you can't schedule them though with that, so it is 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 more of a active tool to use there and then yeah. rather than a scheduling thing but i just find the official twitter app clunky and annoying um i do have to use that occasionally because twitter had a bit of a spat a few years ago and stopped a lot of third party well pretty much all third party apps from having a uh, full function of the twitter api so you can see so you can't now see things like um twitter uh, tweet stats and things like that uh which is annoying but regardless i still use tweetbot because i just find it the nicest and it's i'd just do it to spite twitter <laughs> it's amazing how emotion gets into these things <laughs> yeah. so yeah tweetbot is nice for uh they don't do android either they are sort of apple specialists really so yes if you've got an iphone or a mac then yeah they're great 
Or indeed a, a landline, as the case may be. Yes. <laughs> or a pigeon. Yeah. We, to send yes. your message to the front lines. Schedule your pigeons. Right. <laughs> the next one that I'm going to raise, um, I haven't actually used recently, but it's something that's been around in various versions for, I don't know, 20 years. Okay. Um, which is now called Dragon Naturally Speaking. And okay. it's so you can um, speak like a dragon. Well, being Welsh, I do that all the time. <laughs> but the uh, what it is is dictating software. Ah. And instead of you know somebody then listening to your dictation and manually typing it up, it does it automatically. Nice. And it's been, um, as I say, around for a long time, and I think now it's a lot less clunky and a lot more accurate. Because the difficulty has always been that, A, you have to train it to actually recognize your voice uh, and the kind of terms that you are going to use. Uh, and the other thing that you have to do is, is actually go through and edit it afterwards. Yeah. But I think that it's something that I would uh, plan to play with in the next few months. Although you know it's hundred and fifty dollars for the uh, for the home edition. Okay. But you know, if it saves time and me doing my two fingered typing, then I think that could be quite useful. Yeah, and this this isn't actually in my list, but uh, one that follows on from that, which could be a useful alternative for you and less costly potentially, uh, is Rev. dot com. Okay. Uh, which is a transcribing tool uh well i think we've mentioned it before as well on the podcast a while back but it's essentially yeah they've got two versions of it they've got one element which is uh transcription via ai so it'll just do it computer-based which is less accurate but they say you know pretty damn good um or if you want to transcribe by human which is i think they claim something like 99 percent accurate um They've got that as well, and it's about a dollar per minute of recorded audio. So yes, right. if you have got voice notes or things, you can just upload it, and it comes back to you within a few hours. Okay. So that's another notable uh, mention, yeah. but not on our original list, but uh, it's certainly one I've been aware of for a while. Very right. handy as well if you do podcasts, which we currently don't uh, do this for hours, but um, it is possible if you are a podcaster, then at least you can transcribe your podcasts and then use them to repurpose content for blog posts and whatever else yes you have to be careful i um was reading a, a, a an automatic transcript of a video that i watched about udemy the uh, the the course platform oh, and yeah. the number of different ways um the software uh spelt udemy <laughs> had to be seen to be believed udemy well, it's, it, it's, it was all kinds of weird things, not helped possibly by it being said in a thick Dublin accent. But anyway. <laughs> um, next on my list is another one which uh, was mentioned in the episode a few uh, fair few episodes ago, Affinity Photo, uh, which is a very powerful alternative to Adobe Photoshop and pretty much just as full-featured. 
Uh, I say pretty much only because my use of it barely scratches the surface of what it's capable of. Um, so as far as I understand it, it is essentially a like-for-like -like tool. Um, so for any sort of photo editing, it's absolutely fantastic. It costs $48.99 for life. There's no subscription. Um, I bought my one many years ago. Uh, I've never paid any more for it. It gets constantly updated to the latest version for no other additional cost, um, which compared to Photoshop costs £19.97 a month on subscription. Um, so it's one of those things. If, if you're a professional photographer or designer, then you may well probably need Photoshop and therefore it's a perfectly understandable business expense. But one of the things which Affinity uh, included a few years ago, shortly after I uh, bought it initially, initially uh, it has the very clever content-aware fill for if you want to remote, remove rogue elements from photos. So if you've got a nice scenic panorama, but you've got a really ugly telephone pole or a lamppost or something, and you want to get rid of that because it just spoils the image, years and years ago, you would have had to spend hours editing that out with sort of cloning different areas, but now they've got tools which you can just literally paint over it and it just fills it in with what it thinks is best that's around it. So you can now remove things like that in a second, which is very clever, which was only exclusive to Photoshop, you know, only a few years ago because they uh, announced that to big fanfare and now things like Affinity Photo have also got that as well. So again, for people that aren't necessarily photo professionals or designers, but just need some really decent photo editing software. That's well worth it. And that's available for uh, the Mac and Windows and iPad, I believe, as well now. A separate app for right. iPad. Wow. What's next for you? Well, one that, one that is going to surprise you, which is Slack. Ah, yeah. Which, which you know, we use... Um, to actually plan Brumpod. Yes, they are planned, folks. <laughs> but it's a great way of, of communicating. Um, in, in I mean, it's almost like a, a message stream, I suppose. Yes. But every, everything's in one place. You know, you, you're notified if somebody's commented. You can respond. You can upload documents. You can link to external stuff. Um, very, very useful. Great collaboration tool. And it's something that I have uh, recommended to um, various clients and boards of directors as to you know, ways that they can communicate between each other in a way that is ring-fenced, yep. although it's not totally confidential, uh, just in the sense that um, Slack monitors it. So if you're doing something totally inappropriate on it, or if you had something that was, you know, highly, highly confidential business-wise, then it's probably not the right platform. I'm racking my brain now to see what I've posted in it recently. <laughs> Might have to delete things. Um, but yeah, and it's free for the most part. You know, there are obviously paid elements to it as well, which for the likes of us, we don't need. Um, but yeah, totally agree. It's a brilliant, brilliant little tool. And yes, following on from your Microsoft Office uh, mention with the mail merge uh, one that you guys introduced me to a little while ago was WPS Office because uh, obviously I'm a Mac user and I've, I've only got a very old version of um, Microsoft Office I've never paid for a, 
a newer one. Um, so everything just still opens in my old version. But I've lately been using this WPS, WPS Office even more. Uh, it's a brilliant free alternative to MS Office, open source, does essentially everything Office can do. Again, there are some paid options, but the core stuff is, uh, is free. Easy to use, easy to use, export to various formats, and yeah, I use that a lot. So there, good on you guys for letting me know, because I had no idea that it existed. Yeah, I've never seen it advertised anywhere, but uh, no. but no, I, I, I use it a lot. Right, the next two I've got can probably run together, actually. Um, they're not stuff that I've ever used, but just kind of looking around in preparing for this uh, topic. Um, one of them is uh, called Rescue Time. Okay. Which they say does for your productivity what calorie counting does for weight loss. It brings attention to uh, your actual habits. So if you're going on to unproductive websites, it'll record it. And it'll give five productivity ratings, which you can change from very productive, productive, neutral, distracting, and very distracting. Um, so if you think that you're frittering away uh, a lot of time during your working day, doing things that are not really work, then it'll highlight what it is that you're actually doing. And that's the point, is what you're actually doing, not what you think you're doing. And uh, you can take action accordingly. I would hate that. <laughs> it's a digital headmaster. No, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's the only reason I threw it in. <laughs> the other one is 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 not entirely um, the same thing, but but has similar effects. It's called Stay Focused, and that one is free. I think the the um, the other one was was nine dollars a month. But Stay Focused is an extension that uh, helps you be productive by blocking distracting websites when you're trying to work. Okay. Uh, and what you can do is to actually block them only during set times. So, you know, if you if you have a mid-morning cup of coffee at, uh, at 11 o'clock, then you can free it up, uh, you know, open websites at 11 o'clock. Or it can say, right, you're having no more than 30 minutes of Twitter a day, for example. So, you know, not 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 a huge thing, but again, it is very very easy, from my own bitter experience, to spend an awful lot of time doing things that really aren't productive, um, and actually maybe don't have that much to do with work. And if you work in social media, then you probably won't really want that on because you're just going <laughs> to keep berating you when you're actually working. <laughs> yes, I, I I will concede that one to you, Richard. <laughs> But but both of those are are, are things that um, I would discuss with clients now, in terms of of getting their productivity up, and just as possible tools to uh, to help individuals. Yeah, it, it's certainly becoming more of a popular thing now, and even uh, Apple are getting into that realm as well with the the next iOS coming later in the year and the new macOS coming later this year. Uh, they're going to have inbuilt things which are going to do very similar things where they can sort of block things off uh, on the phone. It'll you know, stop certain calls coming through if you're 
trying to do some form of work you can set various sort of focus profiles uh, and the same on the mac as well you can sort of block other things from view which could otherwise distract you if you're trying to do some writing or something like that so yeah it, that kind of thing is is certainly becoming very popular so i can see the appeal yeah even if it is a bit head mastery <laughs> Um, another one of mine is uh, Dropbox Paper, which, again, we also use for planning Brampod. Um, so, yeah, similar to Google Docs, keeps everything in one place. It's for creating and collaborating on documents uh, with multiple contributors. Um, and because it's part of Dropbox, you can bring in documents and images and various files from Dropbox immediately within it in line uh, and keep all the documents in various folders for easy access across multiple devices, browser and mobile app. Uh, so again, because I don't use Google Docs, I'm not sure if that's if that's got free elements or if it's purely paid, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, because I'm already a Dropbox user, we've certainly found that a very useful tool as well for collaborating on uh, episodes and plans and various things. Absolutely. As well as things for is networking as well, having various plans in there. No, useful, useful uh, app, that one. Yeah. What's next for you? Yeah, right. Do you remember the Pomodoro technique? I remember. I mentioned it a while back, yes. Which had people uh, buying kitchen timers shaped like tomatoes, because you could buy them in the 90s. Okay. And the idea is that you, you time your work in 25 minutes chunks. Okay. And then you have a five-minute break. Then you do another 25 minutes and five minutes break. Uh, and there's an app called Strict Workflow uh, that's, okay, loosely based on, on the Pomodoro technique. Okay. Uh, and like the other two, it can also block distracting websites when you're in a work phase. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just another free app that you can uh, play with and, and see if it suits you. Okay, nice. Yeah, I might have a look at that. Um, my final one is one for people that like to do a little bit of video editing. Uh, it's called DaVinci Resolve. Uh, it's, a, it's free to download and use. Uh, it's a very powerful video editor, and it's uh, actually used a lot in TV and film production. Um, it's got built-in good quality color correction. So when you need to make videos that do go slightly beyond the capabilities of things like iMovie for the Mac and uh, certainly Windows Movie Maker for Windows, or that may have changed name by now, I'm not sure. I'm not a Windows person. But yeah, th those, although they're free and inbuilt with the OS, they can be slightly limiting in, in functionality. So if you are wanting to use something that's a little bit fuller featured, can do a few more things with a few more bells and whistles, then that is certainly worth a look at. They do have some paid options for it, but I think that's more in terms of hardware that goes along with it if you're, uh, if you're actually in the video industry or media industry, which is when you're going a bit more hardcore with these sort of things. But the actual software, as far as I can tell, because I've got it on my machine, it is free. And it's fairly easy to get your head around. It, it, is, it does take a learning curve, I won't lie. It's not something you can just fire up and crack on straight away. You do need to do a bit of navigating and find your way around it. But if you're used to video editing in some fashion, then it's not completely alien. It will 
be fairly similar to a lot of other video editing platforms. Um, and yeah, there are seemingly no restrictions on the free version. Uh, there are some other platforms which say they're free, but then you can only sometimes either create certain length videos or only export them, you know, below HD quality and that kind of thing. But this, I've I've exported things at uh, 1080p HD. Um, so yeah, again, if you do need to create videos, that's also well worth checking out. I shall have a look at that because part of the plan is is to move more into uh, to doing videos of no great um, length or anything like that. But uh, it's useful to be able to to get them up to a decent standard. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I'll finish with, which isn't actually on my list at all, but it's it's sat in front of me, and I, I will apologise now, albeit late, for any sort of background noise you will you will have heard during this episode. Uh, I've had to keep a couple of windows open and my fan on full blast because we chose to record this on one of the hottest days of the year, and have I had I not had any airflow coming through into my studio, I probably wouldn't have survived the actual uh, recording. So, we are gl- we're gluttons for punishment, but there are. are limits. We do this for you. We suffer for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's going to be another thirty degree day today, and um, yeah, without a bit of air, air is is certainly a, a preference for me. So yeah, the the one last thing, which isn't remotely an app or a tool or anything else, but is um, is one of the best things I've ever bought in my life, uh, is a chili bottle. And again, it's not sponsored. This isn't paid for. Um, it's my favourite drinks bottle, which is a insulated double-walled thing. It's got a wide enough neck. I can bung a load of ice cubes in there. But it sits on my desk and it keeps drinks cold for up to 24 hours. So, yeah, during this weather, it's been a godsend. There are Absolutely. multiple manufacturers that make similar things, but if you don't as yet have a sort of insulated water bottle get one because it is going to be one of the best things you'll ever buy and it's always important to keep hydrated especially in this weather absolutely it's uh, concentration among other things as well as keeping you healthy yep which also adds to productivity so it fits rather nicely in this episode (laughs) well worked richard well worked. absolutely so i think on that note get yourselves a drink Keep yourself hydrated. That's enough for this episode, and we're going to catch you next time. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Audioshed Podcast Studio. Follow us on Twitter, at Brumpod. You can follow and subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode.